show number 151 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talking Trek. Here we are. It's November. Yep. Where it's, has the time gone? I don't know. It's dark out. It's dark out here, too, and kind it, of raining, too. I guess oh. it's officially winter. I guess so. It's not raining here, though. Well, I tell you, I celebrated the fact that it's winter by eating Halloween candy today. So <laughs> well, I've been drinking cocoa. Oh, how nice. How wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That sounds really good. Do you think um, Kirk likes whipped cream on his cocoa or little marshmallows? Oh, whipped cream. <laughs> he is so not a little marshmallow guy. <laughs> Maybe he's a big marshmallow guy. No, he's not a marshmallow guy at all. <laughs> He would just phaser that Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. (laughs) I'm glad you know these things. It's good. Oh, well, that that one's like a (laughs) no-brainer. But get these fucking marshmallows out of my cocoa. Let's let's start with uh, a little bit of real-world news. So as everybody in the entire world and probably in the galaxy, I would say, knows, um, Steve Jobs died recently. Yes. And this was very sad. And... Um, you know, sad for a lot of reasons because he was uh, an immensely smart and creative guy and invented a lot of technology that made our lives better. And um, I was thinking a lot about it. We, we were chatting recently that if it weren't for Steve Jobs, podcasting as it is today would not really be as it is. It would not exist in the form that it does. No, and an easily accessible um, internet I don't think would exist. Yeah. His, or computers that are fun to use. So much stuff. And the, and he brought it all to people in a way that made you want to use the technology. And, and mm-hmm. I think there's a Star Trek connection there, right? Because in Trek, the technology was just part of what everybody did. It wasn't something that everybody talked about when they when they used it. It was just, oh, we have this cool technology and it's part of our job. So we use it all the time. And that's and, what... And they didn't type command line. Yeah, they they didn't. They really didn't. So Steve Jobs made that vision and made it closer to reality for a lot of people and made it possible for podcasters to do these shows like we've been doing and reach out to people all over the entire world. Yes. Amazing. Kind of amazing. Yes. Now, in addition to that, um, I recently read this very interesting um op-ed sort of thing in I think it was in the Times by Steve Jobs sister Mm -hmm. and it was quite touching she was talking about her relationship with him and and about his last days and what I thought was extremely interesting was what she says were his last words so the way she tells it you know he was lying there and he knew he was going to die everybody knew he was going to die and he had kind of said his goodbyes to everybody and he was like lying there looking at his family and then he sort of looked over their shoulders to a window and he looked outside and he just said oh wow oh wow oh wow and I just as soon as I read that I was like oh my god that's just like the when Kirk dies in the movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know I I don't think it's uh uh, it means anything I don't think he was making a Star Trek reference with his dying (laughs) words but um, I kind of doubt it yeah I just think it's really interesting that maybe for him that was you know the next big thing the next adventure just like Shatner always says that's what he was trying to do with Kirk yes the next insanely great thing that Steve can improve yeah the afterlife 
the afterlife. So that's great. So now we know that the afterlife will be better because Steve Jobs died before us and made some improvements. <laughs> and he was impressed by it. <laughs> he said it was good. Like he, he did the oh wow thing and then he got there and he was like, but you know, just one more thing. I have to change this. Yes. And, and then he made it better. And, and then he threw the afterlife at whoever's in charge of it and made them fix it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I've, been, I've read so many stories now about people meeting with him. And that mm -hmm. he always did a thing where people would have their 30-page PowerPoint decks ready to go. And he'd walk in and he'd go, no, we're not doing that shit. Forget that. Here's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And he draws, you know, on the whiteboard a box with one button on it and says, this is how it's going to work. Make this happen. Goodbye. And he leaves. Yep. <laughs> Yes, he was an amazing individual, and um, I I know from, uh, you know, people who, who actually worked with him, I worked for him, but people who worked with him, he was uh, both inspiring and terrifying. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, a, a friend of mine once turned down an excellent job offer from Apple because she would have to work closely with Steve. <laughs> So, you know, we don't want to get into this, um, you know, he was perfect or anything because he wasn't by any means. But um, his drive for perfection certainly impacted the world in, in such a huge way. Yeah, I, I think it would have been impossible for him to be that driven and perfectionist if he had also been you know the world's greatest guy and really nice to everyone. right and and you know want interested in giving people a warm and fuzzy feeling <laughs> no just wouldn't have worked wouldn't have no worked. no so that's the way it goes but um yeah the the last word thing was was very very kirkish oh. um but while we're speaking of real world things being kirkish oh wait yes. no i i want to talk about that later go ahead okay um, I was going to say, I wonder if um, if Bill knew about that, if anybody reported that to him and whether he thought it was interesting or not. I don't know. Well, somehow. He, he would have tweeted about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I think he would have. Mm -hmm. But Bill's touring right now. He's touring Canada. Yes. And <laughs> apparently he has been on some Canadian talk show. I haven't gotten a chance to to watch it over the interwebs. But it keeps coming up in my Shatner alerts, and let me let me uh, pull that up because I want to make sure I mispronounce this name correctly. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, but while we're on the uh, the Shatner alert, mm -hmm. um, finally, forty three years later, Germany has shown the Nazi Star Trek episode. <gasps> wow! Yes, um, that's amazing. Yes, Caitlin Laird. Okay. Um, on November 1st, he appeared on a show called George Strombolopoulos Tonight. <laughs> I think okay. he's Greek. I, I think he probably is Greek, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I know you can, you can watch it online. Presumably he was speaking English and not German or Greek. <laughs> Let's hope. But yes, he's touring Canada and, uh, you know, doing his show, which I forget the name of, Oh, Time Flies or something mm -hmm. like that. And I'm really hoping 
that he will want to bring that to the U.S. because it sounds like loads of fun. It does. Um, I haven't actually read any reviews about it yet, but he's Bill himself has been tweeting and thanking everyone for being wonderful audiences. And I, I think it's hilarious that he's tweeting things like, you know, when he has a show that night, he says, you know, come and see me tonight when I'm sure the show's been sold out for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's no reason to stop shilling. That's true. That, you know, <laughs> you make a good point. Why would he stop just because it's sold out? Yeah. <laughs> They can sell standing room. Oh, they have people outside watching it on Diamond Vision or something. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Well, if any of you who are listening went to see Bill's show, could you please tell us about it? Because we yes. really, really want to know. We want to hear about it. And we also want to hear about um, uh, the, the Star Trek episode that was in San Francisco. The hippies. The goddamn space the hippies. hippies. Yeah, because I haven't heard anything. I read no reviews of it, so I don't know if it was any good. But, you know, just recently, the guy who played Space Hippie, Adam, died. I saw that, yep. That was sad. He was a good actor, Charles Napier. He'd been around forever and ever. Mm -hmm. saw him in, like, a million TV shows. He was, yep. he was a good working actor. Mm-hmm. And he was a space hippie. Yep. Probably a low point in his career. <laughs> I mean, getting the job as a space hippie is just a, a smidge higher than not having a job <laughs> but it was a paycheck and I that's that, it that was the important thing and you probably got a little health insurance to go along with it so you know well it, you know if if that was what put you over the top for how many gigs you had to do to get your health insurance yeah. i say go go for it. it babe absolutely yeah uh, in other news, well, this isn't so much news, but while we're talking about our lovely listeners, um, we did get a response for the homework that we had asked for from the last time uh, when we had that, that long discussion about things in science fiction that can ruin it for you. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was really good. I wanted to just talk about this for a minute. So this is from Captain Toy, our friend Jen. She says, yes. I hate it when they kill a character off and then find some magical way to revive them. Yes. It, it ruins the moment and the value of the death. I wish that more creators had the balls to kill off a main character and keep them dead. It just works better. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that that was really good and that it's a trick that they pulled in Trek way too often to the point where if any of the secondary or even the tertiary characters died, you knew they weren't going to stay dead. And it just became eye-rollingly stupid as to yes. how they were going to make them come back. And my, the one that sticks in my memory, of course, is the one where... Uh, what is it, um, t Next Generation, where Worf gets crushed by a bunch of yeah. styrofoam things, and then it turns out that Klingons have, like, duplicate of everything in their physiology. That's so stupid. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> they would never die then. They would never die, and that nobody knew this before. You know, like, like Worf's been serving as a Starfleet officer for however many years he's mm -hmm. been in Starfleet, and in all of the physicals that he had, no one discovered this. Well, and also, <laughs> at that point, we're supposed to be on pretty good terms with them. Yeah, like, we wouldn't have, they wouldn't have shared this. Not, that's ridiculous. I it's know. It's just so stupid. So, yep, I hate when they do that, and... Um, it, it got me to thinking, though, that it's, even though it's a trick, it's a trick that when it's well done, it's great. And, of course, the classic bringing somebody back from the dead is in Lord of the Rings, right? Gandalf comes back from the I dead. I know. And, you know, the first time I ever read Lord of the Rings, and when Gandalf showed up again, I went, what a cheat. <laughs> and after that, I didn't trust the book when people were killed. Yeah, um, it's it's a huge one. And I think people forgive it because... 
it is treated as this once in a lifetime event like like this is the only time this will ever happen in middle earth it won't ever happen again mm-hmm. so we're not going to use this as a plot device over and over it's it's a one time only kind of deal and he writes about it eloquently enough that it does seem that way yeah but it's still a cheat you know yeah it is so it and it you reset know, buttons in general are a cheat and it cheapens what you're doing. And your audience, if they're thinking, feels ripped off. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, unless you make a joke out of it, which Or is... unless it's part of a con. Because, uh, like, yeah. I just watched two of my favorite con artist movies recently, one being The Sting and the other being a movie called Confidence. And they lead you right up into believing things, and then they they reveal mm-hmm. that it was a con, and you see how it fits into the con. Mm-hmm. That's not a reset button to me. Right, and they did that in Trek too, right? Where mm-hmm. Kirk is pretending, you know, to die for various reasons. Oh, like in the Romulan episode. In the Romulan episode, and even in a muck time, you know, it's mm. it's part of the plot, so you can accept it in that way. Right, right. So it, it actually does make some sense. I was saying um, it beca- become a joke, and that's what they've done in the most recent uh, Doctor Who series, where the two companions were dying pretty much in every other episode. Oh. And, and it was, but it was a joke. Like, it became <laughs> that way. And in one of them, when they end up in this dark, spooky house, Rory says to um, Amy, they just look around, and they're trying to figure out, and he goes, ugh. I know, we're dead again. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like they killed Kenny? It is. It becomes exactly (laughs) like that. And then it's funny. So, you know, and and they don't try to play it for a huge emotional thing. It just is like, it's one of the occupational hazards of being a companion. You'll probably get killed, but you'll get revived. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) So anyway, I thought that that was good. Now, um, I wanted to mention something which uh, we also posted on the blog, which was um, (laughs) something about um, Halloween, because we didn't spend too much time talking about Halloween. Oh, yes. But it was the uh, sexy Halloween costumes at the website that's called Pink Ray Gun. And I thought it it was good for a couple of reasons. One was that they were um, trying to... Realistically, pose sexy costumes for men because, mm-hmm. of course, of all the stupid women's sexy costumes that are out there. Right. You know, if there's something that's a costume, you can make it a sexy costume because you're a woman who's wearing it. Yes. Um, but the ones for men, I thought, were really good, and the best part about it was that they had um, our friend James T. Kirk. <laughs> our friend. Our friend James T. Kirk, and the best thing about it was that. Um, the name of the costume is Sexy Captain Kirk, which is, <laughs> I mean, like, like you have to say it. That's redundant, right? Well, sexy there's, Captain you know, Kirk. like sexy nurse and <laughs> sexy witch and everything. and But, yeah, the implication is that Kirk isn't sexy all the time. But Right. So it should have been sexy shirtless Captain Kirk. Yeah. Um, but or I just shirtless Captain Kirk. Shirtless Captain Kirk. And they used a wonderful picture to illustrate it, which was Oh, great, yeah. With the towel around his shoulders. Well, and I like that they call it a dish towel. So the caption says, anyone can put on a mustard jersey shirt, pepper their speech with inappropriate pauses, and say they're Captain Kirk. Be daring. Ditch the shirt. Toss a dish towel around your shoulders and go sexy with your Kirk. That's right. 
So can you imagine somebody showing up to a party like that? What a great costume. <laughs> yeah, that would Kirk. really rock. Yeah, and you could even put a little TM after it because we have that, right? Shirtless yes, Kirk TM. TM. <laughs> okay, speaking of great things that were on the Internet, I meant to blog this, and I didn't, and I meant to forward it to you, and I didn't. So I'm forwarding it to you right now. Okay. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Whee. This, okay. This came to us from our good friend, Captain Ho. <laughs> and uh, I want you to, to click the link when it shows up. Okay. Will do. Did you send it via the emails? Yes. Okay. I will go look at my emails. I love it when people send us stuff. Well, yeah, and when you see this, you're going to go, I super love when people send us stuff <laughs> because it's, it's amazing. Oh, my goodness. I'm laughing already just at the, the subject line. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This exists? Well, I'm guessing that uh, it did. Wow. Well, let me click the link it says it came from, Kitchy Living Tumblr. Let's see oh. what. And maybe you can tell our listeners what we're listening oh. to. Kitchy Living. This is a picture of a box. It looks like a real box, an old box. And what it is is a set of Star Trek freezicles, so little plastic molds to make popsicles out of. And it's in the shape not of the, the Enterprise or Phaser or anything, but the guys. So yep. All of our favorite Enterprise guys. And it's got their names on the bottom, so you know who it is. Easy to make yourself, Fruit Concentrate. And the title of this posting is Suck on a Shatner. Yep. Um, it, it, you know, there's nothing here. I, I'm looking at the blog called Kitchy Living. Uh-huh. And there's nothing here to tell us when this uh, came out when you could buy that but you know looking at the images it's very late 60s it does it probably came out that while the show was on oh uh, star trek freezicles boy they really did license star for trek for ages any... six and over they licensed star trek for any shit that you could think of yeah this tops the spock breakfast <laughs> cereal but is it worse than the um the band-aids the first aid kit is it worse than that I'm trying to think. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, Band-Aids with Rocky and Bullwinkle and stuff on it. But I'm trying to think of TV characters that were made into popsicles. <laughs> and part of what I'm enjoying is um, the little boy looks a little hesitant, but the little girl is <laughs> going for it, and her eyes are lit up. Does she? Can have you imagine saying, oh, man, I got a freeze headache from sucking on Captain Kirk? <laughs> Now, do you think she has the Kirk one? Is that why she looks so happy? Oh, God. Well, the little boy is sucking on the green one, so we can kind of <laughs> guess that Spock. Oh, oh uh -huh. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, I just Googled this while we're talking. Oh, okay. So let's see. There's an article in Wired from <laughs> September of this year called Six Weird Places Star Trek Merchandise Has Boldly Gone. Oh, okay. my God. So I can't believe we didn't get this picked up somewhere. Really? So, so let me quickly go through this. Okay. To, to go. So um, number one is the Star Trek Marshmallow Dispenser. Right. Uh, from because Mud. of five, because of the movie. Yes. 
Yes. So you can get your own Star Trek um, dispenser. That's right. very good. <laughs> yes, I was aware of that, that you could actually get one of those stupid things. Star Trek licensed freezicles came packaged with proto-DIY instructions for making icy treats by pouring liquid into William Shatner-shaped molds. <laughs> 1976, it says. 76? So that's pretty late. Wouldn't that be fun to, to make, you know, like freezicle shots? Uh, we're going to have to start looking for that. I'm sure we can buy it on eBay. Oh. Okay, what are the other things? Well, they have a Worf Halloween costume. It was a, a prototype, uh, 1988. It's very, very ugly. Mm -hmm. There is Romulan ale, but it's yeah. real ale. It's not the stuff that the, that we were drinking, that horrible energy drink. Yeah. Um, souvenir beverage was sold at the Borg Invasion 4D attraction, part of the Las Vegas Star Trek experience in 1998. Okay. So I'm kind of glad we didn't drink that. Uh, <laughs> Talking Wharf lunchbox, which is completely horrifying. The oh, face what, just looks what awful. What does it say? Star Trek Next Generation spurred the creation of new products built around the show's cast, including this talking lunchbox molded in the shape of Worf's head. <laughs> it doesn't say what it said. Okay. But uh, I'd, I'd like to know. Wow. Um, they also, somebody manufactured a glow-in-the-dark Star Trek condom. <laughs> <gasps> to boldly glow where no man has gone before. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, someone in the comments says, I have photos of Star Trek Ego waffles. Oh. I bought them in the supermarket two years ago. They're waffles with pictures from original Star Trek on one side of them. <laughs> oh, my God. How did we miss these? I don't know. I don't know. So much stuff. Now, do they have the uh, Spock whiskey decanter? No, they only have these these six things that are Wow, because that, that thing where you, you know, bend his head back. Yeah. So you can get to your liquor just. Mm, but these uh, popsicles, freezicles, whatever. Man. It's really weird. And, you know, looking at the picture on the box, mm -hmm. it looks like there there are just two molds, and or maybe three, and some of them are, are variously labeled, even though they don't match up. Like the Spock one actually kind of looks like Spock. Well, there is Kirk and there is McCoy. Right, and then I think... And uh, those seem to be the only three mm, from what I can read on those things. Yeah, it's very hard to make it out. So maybe there's only three. But it's nice that the Kirk one has muscles. <laughs> it's true. He looks pretty buff. <laughs> I hope the little girl has a Kirk one. That would be good. I think she does. I she looks the... like a pretty bright gal. She's got her tongue sticking out. She's, I know, and her looks... eyes are like... <laughs> she is now a woman. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Let's see. So there's going to be a book. Um, the Let's see. Star Trek Vault, 40 Years from the Archives, is a book that's coming out or has come out in October. Uh, it documents the franchise's rich history with factoids and rare photographs. Um, so this book is going to list many, all, a lot of the horrible merchandising that came out. I might have to buy that book. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's called Star Trek Vault, 40 Years from the Archives. Wow. Always another Star Trek book coming out. Always. Yep, or a Star Trek something or other. Yeah. I am really surprised, though, that you and I didn't know about the condom. But apparently no one has yet done the Star Trek sex toys we keep talking about. Oh, man, we're going to have to do that. I think mm -hmm. we're going to have to just make it happen. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of things that people sent us, I believe you wanted to, to um, share with our listeners the uh, image search on Google. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Let me let me find that again. And I I did that image search again today just to make sure that mm-hmm. it, it still works and it still works. Of course, of course. Okay. <laughs> I have to get back to that point because I was at the popsicle link. Uh, this came from Cuvmo. And if you go to Google and Google the words images of various gods, one of them is Shatner, (laughs) Captain Kirk, in insane mode. I was going to say, not even just Captain Kirk, but Captain Kirk in, um, uh, uh, what's it called, when he gets split into two. Yeah. um, Totally blanking on the name of Kirk's the better half. Um, <laughs> um, I need my pain. I need my dark side. Um, what is that called? I keep going to all the other ones. I'm like, it's not Turnabout Intruder. It's I'm not thinking Wolf Dead Ringer. Yeah. It's not Corbomite Maneuver. What's it called? Uh, we're such bad trekkers. Oh, we man. really are. Um, Enemy Within? Thank you. Enemy Within. Oh, my God. Whew, that was painful. Really? <laughs> I love that that comes up. So Crazy Kirk is a god. Again. There's the, the God's finger touching man's in the uh-huh. Michelangelo thing. Mm-hmm. There's um, some Eastern gods. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and luckily for us, unlike um, Muhammad, you don't get a jihad put out on you or a fatwa for having an image of the god of Kirk. God of Kirk. Kirok, you know. <laughs> Kirok. That's what it should say. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Maybe you have to scroll down. Maybe he comes up again later. Uh, that, <laughs> there he is. It's so funny to see that. There he is, you know, just next to all of this cultural stuff. And and I got to thank Cubo, first of all, for sending this to us, but secondly, for circling the relevant stuff in red, <laughs> you know, because he he's circled the Google search and then, you know, circled Kirk's picture, which was the first one in the second row on this, or at least as far down as he had scrolled. It's just amazing. <sighs> It's awesome. I love that. And it's such a good, <laughs> I'm looking at that picture right now. And it, it is Kirk in full-blown crazy mode. Yes. I mean, his eyes are big. He's he's gritting his teeth. He's pulling a face. He's like, he's got his shoulders all thrust forward. It's he's so grinting. He's grinting. He is grinting. That's what he's doing in that picture. Yep. I'm Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, he's really having a hissy fit. Oh, it's great. It's so funny. Oh, that's great. Okay, um, let's see. Let's let's talk about um, one more uh, quick thing that I, I think we can go through. Okay. And, and then we'll take our little break now. Let me find it. I've got too many tabs open here. Um, this was an article that was on io9, and it was called 10 Things You Probably Didn't Know About the Original Star Trek. Okay. They love Star Trek over there. And well, who doesn't? Too. Yeah, it's great. They have something new all the time. I like that they keep finding new things to talk about. Mm-hmm. As do we. So these are some things that we knew and some things that we didn't know. So number one, the original pilot, the cage, was partly killed for being too sexy. Um, let's see. 
they it was about the green dancing girls and the kissing yes. and all that stuff that was going on there. And then, of course, the network was also worried that having a female first officer was uh, not great. Right. So let's see. Uh, and he, they say later, after Star Trek was on the air, the producers used the network concerns about sexuality to their advantage. They would deliberately put sexy stuff into episodes for the network to freak out about so the censors wouldn't notice other things. <laughs> for example... In the episode A Private Little War, the producers deliberately put in a scene of Kirk having an open mouth kiss with a half-naked woman so the network could throw a fit about that and not no- notice the blatant Vietnamese Vietnam allegory. Because <laughs> it's true, Kirk having an open mouth kiss with a half-naked woman would pretty much distract you from anything. <laughs> but I it mean, gets you the ratings! But, I, you know, every time we watch that episode, I can't believe that they left that whole sequence in. You know, with where her, she's where she's healing him, and they're oh. both having an orgasm right there on. I screen. know. It, they might as well both just pull out cigarettes afterward and go. Was it good for you? Because... I know it is so amazing, and it's such a long sequence. Unbelievable. Oh. Great. I'm glad they left it in. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> Number two, Spock's skin color was originally different. So I think we knew that. they uh, Yes, that it was red. Red, and it didn't work because in black and white, it would look really bad. Um, Spock didn't originally eat or drink. Did you know that? No. Okay. Um, Spock wasn't originally planned to eat or drink anything. Instead, he had a plate in the middle of his stomach, and he fed off any energy that struck this special plate. Oh, that's just stupid. That's really stupid. So glad they didn't do that. Yeah, so he was like Bluetooth. (laughs) Just absorbing stuff. (laughs) A little black hole in his tummy. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm sure they would have found a million ways for that to solve the problem of the week. Oh, God. Don't worry, Captain. I'll just put my stomach near the nuclear reactor. It'll suck up all the energy, and and then I'll just need a few tums, you know. (laughs) Okay, number four. (laughs) Paramount was so desperate to get rid of Star Trek, they tried to cash out to Gene Roddenberry. Uh, So when Desilu got sold, um, Paramount was in charge of Star Trek, uh, Paramount didn't want Star Trek because it was losing too much money and they didn't have enough episodes to syndicate. Paramount offered to sell all of its equity in Trek to Gene Roddenberry for $150,000, which would be about a million dollars today. Uh, so but worth a billion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Roddenberry couldn't afford to pay it, so the rights stayed with Paramount. I didn't know that. It was very interesting. No, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, the USS Enterprise had a six-lane bowling alley on board. <laughs> now, I've heard that. It's in the blueprints. It's in the blueprints, and I believe so is a swimming pool. I'm sure it's a swimming pool. Uh, Okay. Number six. Gene Roddenberry told Isaac Asimov to shush. (laughs) (laughs) Scandal. It says, when Gene Roddenberry brought the second Star Trek pilot, where no man has gone before, to the World Science Fiction Convention in Cleveland, he shushed a loud man at the start who turned out to be Asimov. (laughs) There you go. Number seven, uh, we knew this, the Federation uniforms were made by a sweatshop. (laughs) (laughs) The show's budget was so tiny they couldn't afford to have costumes made by union costume makers. Instead, they had them made overnight by a sweatshop and sneaked the finished costumes in through a back window at the studio. Oh, wow. (laughs) Crazy. 
Uh, number eight, William Shatner has never watched Star Trek. I think we knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told his daughter he'd never seen the v- television show or any of the movies. Um, Shatner said, I never watched Star Trek. I have not even seen any of the Star Trek movies. I don't watch myself. He added that he hated watching himself because he feels as though I suck. <laughs> so what did he do at the movie premiere of TMP where we've had reports from people who were there that he was sitting right behind Leonard throughout the movie? Uh, checking his Blackberry? Oh, no, wait. They um, didn't have those. Reading a book? Sleeping? I don't know. Uh. Kissing the woman next to him. Okay. <laughs> having sex yeah that's what he was doing okay uh the famous interracial kiss was originally between spock and uhura everybody knew that yeah they had to change it and then uh number 10 this was interesting and i can't remember if i knew this or not star trek visited mayberry twice yes i knew that uh so they used it in the episodes miri and city on the edge of forever and there's a little still here showing uh kirk and edith keeler standing next to floyd's barber shop yep (laughs) Very funny. I bet they had fun when they had to, like, trash Mayberry for Mary. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I thought that was uh, really pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, i tell you what. Let's take our break. Okay. And uh, then let's come back with even more fun things that um, come from io9 and a very special article about Bill. That's going <laughs> to be good. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We say it all the time, but I'll say it again. We love hearing from you. Blogging at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. The title of this article is wonderful. I love the people who write the headlines at io9. This is a list called The 10 Most Explosively Masculine Captain Kirk Battle Techniques. (laughs) Explosively masculine really makes me laugh. Can I get... Wait... Can I guess what some of them are? Okay, but let me just read you the first, the little introductory paragraph, because they stole this from our Captain Kirk, um, James T. Kirk space playboy thing, (gasps) because it reads like this. James James Tiberius Kirk, lover, explorer, chanteur, a veritable 23rd century bon vivant. (laughs) That is! I think that's that's almost word for word. That's exactly what we wrote. Um, Captain Kirk has many fine traits, but his martial prowess is perhaps the most deserving of our fear and respect. Here are ten fighting maneuvers that should be enshrined by Starfleet as the Decalogue of Whooping Ass. Okay, let me guess some. Okay. The flying leg kick. Now, see, they don't pull that out as a separate one, which I I thought was was just plain wrong. The flying butt kick. (laughs) <laughs> they don't have that one listed either. The karate chop to the ears. Yes, that, that's the number 10. Okay, jumping on the guy's back. Yep, they have that one. Um, Swinging in a doorway and kicking your opponent. Oh, let's see. Do they have that one here? Uh, yeah, they have that one. Um, Kicking your opponent in the knees. <laughs> they don't have that one. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay, what are the rest? Those are my guesses. I mean, okay. other than the obvious, you know, like punching. and. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we could take issue with some of these, but the, the very first one, they call it the slap chop. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that thing on late night TV? Yes. <laughs> but that's it, the slap chop. So, so it's, it slices and dices the enemy? Yep. <laughs> um, and then they call this one, number nine, is the airborne meat masher. Um, and it's a combination of drop kicks and sledgehammer fists. So it's two things at once. Okay. They have little clips that illustrate each one of these. Oh, how cool. You got to yeah. put the link up. Definitely put oh, the link up. I will. Um, number eight is the rolling sweep. So, oh, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. The, the superfluous shoulder roll? It is that, yes. Okay, it okay. It says um, three steps, assume the fetal position, roll gently in the direction of your foe, and then annihilate. <laughs> Uh, then there's the Raging Mountaineer, and this was exemplified in his fight with Finnegan. Um, Kirk throws his nemesis off a mountain. The fight stops going in Kirk's favor when he runs out of mountain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's good. Then they have number six, the Evasive Tabletop. <laughs> and this one was in the Cloud Minders. Um, when Kirk and Spock visit the planet Ardana, they quickly run afoul of a gang of angry miners. While Spock's techniques is chillingly methodical, Kirk battles his foes with an array of bear hugs and dodges, as epitomized by killer countermeasure at 14 seconds in this clip. But I like that, the evasive tabletop. <laughs> Wait, for, for a second, can I interrupt? Uh-huh. About the, uh, the shoulder roll? Uh-huh. This was on YouTube. And I, or on Facebook, but it's a YouTube thing, and I know I reposted it, it reposted it on my Facebook. But it, it's a kitten being scared by something. I can't remember what it was. It's something that's just sitting there. And you know how kittens jump around and pounce and everything? At one point, the kitten does a superfluous shoulder roll. I saw that. It's amazing. I think there's even more than one in there, and it's very Kirk-like. <laughs> it it's, really is. It's totally for show. <laughs> it's great. Um, let's see, number five, pillow blindness in wink of an eye. Um, he hit someone with a pillow. Oh, well, you know, in um, Piece of the Action, I think he hits someone with a pillow and then throws a blanket over them and spins them around. Remember that's that? That's correct. That is correct with the jailer. Yep, that's yep. what happens. <laughs> um, number four is the scissor choke. So yes, when, yes, right. Does okay. that in Wrath of Khan or in uh, the space first? Seed. Yes, space seed. That's, and that's what they're showing the example of. The combos here are kinetic magic, hammer punches, leaping lumberjack kicks, and of course the old le legs around the neck trick. <laughs> then we have a Journey to Babel, um, where Kirk does the Andorian body slam. Oh well, that's what I call the flying butt kick. Okay, and so here's what it says. Um, in this episode, the Orion spy, Thelev, disguised as the Andorian delegate to the Babel Conference, makes the mistake of stabbing Kirk. He immediately regrets this decision as Kirk schools him in the sacred art of running up walls and becoming a one-human trebuchet. Also note the authoritative hammer punch. <laughs> That's true, the hammer punch. I forgot that one. Yep. Then number two is the two-legged torpedo, which is the one where you said where he, he um, swings from the door frame. Okay. He and sometimes he launches himself across a tabletop doing the same thing. That's right. Um, this is the two-legged torpedo from Tomorrow is Yesterday. He launches his body into a chorus line of foes. <laughs> and then this one is great. This is slow motion destruction number one as seen in Arena. 
When your foe moves like a three-toed sloth, backstroking through the river of salted caramel, you can draw out your movements such that your blows deliver maximum force. This means leisurely hammer punches, torpid ear smashes, and a front kick you can schedule on your day planner. <laughs> you know what's one of his best moves, and I think he only used it once? Mm -hmm. Is in Mirror Mirror, when uh, uh -huh. Sulu bursts into sickbabe with a phaser. Uh -huh. And Kirk, by looking like he's trying to evade him, lures him so they're they're standing across from a table, and then Kirk just grabs his hand and you know <laughs> karate chops him, that's smashes right. it down on the table. On the table, that's a really good one, yeah, because he brings it down pretty hard and the phaser flies right out of his mm -hmm. hand. Yep, that's great. That is great. Yeah. Um, well, those are wonderful, I and I'm it. glad and to hear there are clips. And also. Um, the very first comment is awesome. Well, the first one that's here right now. Does it say this is a disaster? No, no. It <laughs> says, on the other hand, we have Chris Pine's awesome ability to survive getting the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> Bravo! <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Oh, I love that. That it's is so a great funny. comment. Yeah. Now, moving on. This is a wonderful, wonderful article. That was posted is November 1968, and it was from TV Star Parade Magazine. <laughs> Boy, this is how to sell magazines, right? Yeah. The article is called, How William Shatner Makes Love. <laughs> <laughs> and the picture that they chose is such a good picture of him. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's when he has got... Uh, you know, his Kirk hair, and he's got crinkly eyes, and he's got some makeup on. You can see he's got a little mascara and eyeliner there. And he's wearing a, a velour shirt. It's, it's unbuttoned a little bit. Can't really see any <laughs> chest hair, but, oh, he looks so hot. Well, yeah. So, how William Shatner makes love. Okay, but let's pause to give the listeners a chance to slip into something more comfortable. <laughs> Turn down the lights. Put on some soft music. <laughs> And just, you know, get in just the mood. Just think about that. Okay. Uh, now, this article starts, it starts like a piece of fanfic, which I love. I just love <laughs> All it. All articles should start like fanfic. They should. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Bill Shatner slowly rose from the black leather chair. He smiled as he crossed the room toward the lovely brunette. He stood for a moment looking at her beautiful face. Suddenly... He took her in his arms and kissed her, running his fingers through her satin-like hair. Their lips parted, and for a moment he looked searchingly into her eyes before again pulling her close and cradling her head on his shoulder. It was a tender and beautiful love scene. Bill Shatner walked across the <laughs> huge soundstage to where a reporter had been sitting. You know what, so I want to interrupt just a minute, day. because when I read that, I remember having this thought, and I meant to share it with you that that is the love-making version of the Shatner swallow. It is. That he has this pause, look at it mm -hmm. thing. Yep, that's right. He always looks. He kisses, and then he pulls back, and he looks, and then he goes back in again. And I think he does it also when he unnaturally smokes a cigarette. <laughs> it's like if something's going to have contact with William Shatner's mouth, it needs he to be looked at. It has to be looked at again, not yes. just once, but twice, and sometimes three times, because we've mm -hmm. seen him do Shatner Swallows, where he, after he finishes drinking and he looks at the empty glass as he's putting it down. He yes, sort of, yes. Yeah, uh-huh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
So what does Bill have to say about this? Quote, I'm a really happy about doing Star Trek this year, he said with a broad grin and twinkling eye, because there is more sex for me, <laughs> more adult themes, and briefer costumes for the girls. Oh, yeah. Go, He's Bill. getting it in the dressing room. So I just love the way this is written. Uh, next paragraph. Bill has become a ladies' man from the tip of his toes to the top of his head. And now that he is single again, he appears to be having one heck of a time, as he said, playing the galaxy. <laughs> he, really, he really seems to dig the idea of being a swinging bachelor. Bill recently bought himself a plane, which he personally pilots. His weekend destination is Palm Springs, and he thinks nothing of flying a date up there for dinner on Saturday or for Sunday brunch, an afternoon of swimming and sunning. Bill says he likes the desert because he feels completely free and at peace with the world and himself. He's a great motorcycle fan and loves to ride his bike up and down the sand dunes. If he hasn't got a lovely miss at his side, he joins his buddies for this rather rough and rugged hobby. Now, do you want to read some of the things about how he, he treats his women? Because I just love this. Stuff. Oh, well, I, I don't have the link up. Oh, okay. Well, I can keep reading. Yes, That's okay, you'll have to keep reading. Mind. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. Well, listen to this. Okay. Bill is the type of man who likes to cater to women. He likes to make them feel important and, above all, feminine. He never fails to compliment a woman on the clothes she is wearing. He's mad for miniskirts. Or on her hairstyle, on the perfume she is wearing. He takes command of a situation and really makes a woman feel like a woman. When Bill takes a date to dinner, he orders everything. He has excellent taste. His conversation is always light and happy. There is always a smile on his face, and he never lets his personal problems spoil an evening. With Bill, a gal who dated him said, you always feel soft and protected. Oh. Anyone who dates Bill shouldn't be surprised if a dozen roses arrive at her door before he does. He's that kind of man. Mm -hmm. He likes to bring his date a box of candy or a divine bottle of wine. It gets into this other situation, though, where it starts talking about his divorce and all that, and that makes it kind of icky. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I don't like that. Um, but it does talk about the women that he was seeing at the time, who included Sabrina Scharf, which we knew, Nancy Kovac, which we also knew. But you know um, what's surprising about Sabrina Scharf? Is mm -hmm. she's the one, Miramani, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Who Miramani turned her head every time Kirk kissed her. I don't know. Maybe she, they, they had a fight or something. Or she had a cold. Maybe it could be. But anyway, go ahead. All right. Let me, i got to find this time. Here we go. Um, so this was a quote from someone uh, on the Star Trek set. Yeah. I wonder who that is. Let's see. <laughs> when Bill's marriage problems first started, he just wasn't the same. He'd come in and hardly be able to get out a good morning to anyone. But within weeks after he started dating again, he seemed to be the old, fun-loving, joking Bill. It's because he was getting laid again. Yeah. Okay. So he goes on to say, Bill is the type of man who needs to have a woman around him, a woman to make love to, even on the telephone. When he dates someone, he seems to get completely wrapped up in her. He'll invite her to the set for lunch, if he has free time, that is. Or he'll have her meet him late in the afternoon so they can leave the studio together and go out to dinner. And that telephone, he's always calling or getting calls from girls. Many mornings, sometimes as early as 5.30 a.m., while he's sitting in the makeup room being fixed for the morning shooting, he'll call a gal and talk to her. <laughs> Can you imagine Bill calling you at 5.30 in the morning while they're doing makeup? Really? Oh, okay. This is the best part. Same, same person. He loves to discuss the love songs that he is planning for his record album with a girl. 
Bill thinks there are no greater authorities on love songs than women, and he's right. There are times when a gal will come to have lunch with Bill, which he usually eats in his trailer dressing room. You can usually hear loud yet romantic music being played. He gets all wrapped up in his music and is flipped when a woman is there to discuss it with him. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're chatting about music. They're listening to music. So that was the cue, right? And the music is so loud because they don't want people to hear them chatting. So when when Bill was in his dressing room and you heard that loud music, you knew that he was fucking a girl in there, and you shouldn't. If the if the dressing room's rocking, rocking, <laughs> but rocking like with music, don't come knocking. Yep, Bill's getting down to business. That's right. Hey, honey, want to come over for lunch and bang in my dressing room? I'll put on music. Sure thing. See, I had always assumed that this kind of thing was happening after they were done shooting for the day. But no, it was right in the middle of the day. Oh, I've always assumed it was in the middle of the day and Uh, not even lunch between takes. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I had it in my head that he waited until they were done shooting. No, no, no. Bill doesn't wait. Bill lives in the now. Sometimes when you're watching Star Trek and Bill turns in a particularly good performance, it's because he had just gotten done having sex with someone. Yeah. Like five minutes before he was on set. Mm-hmm. Amazing. What a guy. Or what you know how guy. he has this, this acting habit sometimes of um, just playing it really low-key and almost muttering his lines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's still in, in his afterglow. His, his, post, his post-sex mood, yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. That's yeah. absolutely right. Oh, it's great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so do you think the readers reading this back in 1968 knew what all this music was code for? I think all the women who read it <laughs> did, absolutely. And, and what about all read... the men who read TV Star Play magazine or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah, all the men who read that, which were none. <laughs> Zero. Um, yeah, I think any any girl over the age of maybe, I don't know, 17 or 18 knew exactly what was going on yeah. and the other ones just thought they they were listening to music because you know he likes music he's a music lover yeah and he <laughs> likes to share it yeah yeah they like to chat about the music yeah asking which song she really likes uh-huh. yeah yeah and you can do that um, so much better when you're um naked and joined to each other at the crotch <laughs> Do you think he had a record player or like a tape player? Because if it was a record player, he'd have to get up and flip the record over right in the middle of everything. Well, I don't think he was putting on 45 singles. (laughs) (laughs) But a record, I mean, if he had an hour for lunch, a record is only, you know, 20 minutes or something, one side of a record. Oh, I don't think he had like a reel-to-reel tape player in there where you could, you know, have three hours queued up. Mm. That would have been good. That would have been good. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. Anyway, I was laughing so hard when I read that. Oh, that is just an amazing, wonderful article. Oh, it's great. Oh, Bill. Oh, thanks, Bill. So glad uh, whoever posted this, let me go look, posted this to the Moore Shatner group. This was posted by Zane to Moore Shatner. It's a wonderful, wonderful article and a great find. I just love stuff like oh, this. Yes. The only thing that could make it better was if, as you were reading it, you were sucking on a Captain Kirk freezical. <laughs> D. 
like in the, the, the drawer of his dressing room, he kept Star Trek condoms. Oh my God. Glowing. That would have been so funny. That would have been so funny. Glowing condoms. Um, hey, speaking of condoms or lack thereof. Yeah. Let's talk about Peter Shatner. Oh, okay. So for those of you who don't know, there is a, a, a guy out there who the claims to be Bill's illegitimate son. And this person had, I don't know, maybe two years ago or so, had posted on the, the uh, Shatner website on the forum, you know, saying, really? what? I didn't know that. Oh, well, we talked about it. Did we? Oh, God, I've totally forgotten. Okay, well, he basically was, you know, he said that he is, um, as far as he knows, Bill's only son and would really like to contact Bill and could anybody put him in touch with him. And uh, I, I know the thread was, was quickly killed and removed, hmm. but I believe that um, this part I may be misremembering, but the, the, the um, admin who runs the board, um, you know, suggested this, you know, was not the place to do it. And you and I, I remember talking about how quickly did Bill's lawyers jump on this. <laughs> but anyway, this guy has his own website now and has written a book called The Search. And The Search is about his search for his real father. And he didn't know or surmise or whatever that it was Bill until, I guess, you know, just, I don't know, recently, I mean, you know, he didn't know it when he was a, a teenager or a young, young man or anything. And, uh, I remember reading something he had written, because you and I talked about this, about his, his mother was an actress in New York at the time when Bill was in New York um, acting on Broadway, and that they had a tryst, <laughs> and, uh, and then she ended up pregnant and had a baby. <laughs> and it was this guy. And the interesting thing is on his website, and this is the part that kind of creeps me out, it seems a little stalkerish is a picture of him and Bill with mm -hmm. his arm around Bill. Well, obviously the guy paid the 50, 75 bucks, got in line at a con and had his picture <laughs> taken. But the implication, if you don't know that's how these things work, is that here he is with his dad. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that um, more people aren't out there who Bill is the father of. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really weirdly constructed sentence, but I think you know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I do know. I do know exactly what you're trying yeah. to say. Now, I'm trying to figure out if this book has been published. Has it been published? Well, no, because I went looking for it. You know, like I searched it on Amazon, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I, I Googled various combinations of Shatner, the search, and, and, you know, and apparently it has not been published. My feeling is it is probably self-published. That's probably true. And yep. that um, it's quite possible Bill's lawyers have put a restraining order on that, although <laughs> I think that's unconstitutional. So, uh, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, this picture is, is, is really kind of weird. Now, do you think he looks like Bill? It's not like, uh, 
oh my god it's young bill <laughs> but in some photos i have seen uh there is some resemblance what do you think i could see it you know it's hard to tell because i haven't seen any good pictures of um his mother right so well there it, is it, a picture of his mother somewhere on the site Oh, in fact, it's right under the picture um, of him and Bill. And I actually think there's a stronger resemblance between him and his mother. That's probably true. But you know what? When you scroll down and there's the Peter Shatner publicity sh photo from 1990, mm -hmm. he looks like Chris Pine. <laughs> Maybe Chris Pine is his father. <laughs> Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, there are people you see in photographs and you go, oh, my God, you look exactly like your mother or something. Other people, you don't see it until you meet them in person. Yeah. Because but I have two sisters, and there is a strong resemblance between me and one of them and the other one I look nothing like. Mm -hmm. But when she visits me, people in the building say, you two are sisters, right? And it's because of the way we talk and move and, you know, just all those, those mm -hmm. little things that have nothing oh, yeah. to do with, you know, what color your eyes are or the shape of your face or anything. Yep. No, that, that's definitely like the family stuff. But I, I think it is the case that um, in some families, the children tend to look a lot more like one parent than another. Oh, yeah. So for Bill's daughters, for example, I don't think they look like him much at all. I think Not at like all. Gloria. They are no. little clones of their mother. Yeah, they, look they look so like, much like Gloria. Yeah. Um, whereas if you look at um, Paul McCartney's kids, they all look exactly like him. Yes. They're like little carbon copies of mm -hmm. him. Yep. They don't look like um, Linda at all, not yeah. even a little bit. Yep. So this is very interesting. We're going to have to stay on top of this um, to see. As well we as we stay on top of anything, yes. Yeah, to see if we can <laughs> find more information. If the book's coming out, it might be a good reason to purchase a copy and read it. Absolutely. Because I'd like to see that. I wonder if his mother is still alive. I don't know. It doesn't say anything about that on his site. Yeah. His, his hair is certainly thinning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that settles it. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. Okay, let's, let's move along. Let's go to something else. Okay, um, I want to talk about the captains. Yes, that was just what I was going to ask you about. Okay. Tell me. In, tell in me a strange, strange sequence of events, um, if you are a Netflix subscriber, you can stream The Captains, oh. but you can't rent it on DVD. <laughs> but That's stupid. I'm a streamer. So, <laughs> so I watched it the other night, and mm -hmm. I kind of have to differ with you, because you okay. were saying it should have been edited down into something more like an hour. I didn't feel, there were a few things, you know, but I didn't feel it was... Um, that there was f too much fluff or things like that in mm -hmm. it. But um, the, to me, the most affecting parts were the, the segments we got of the interviews with um, Patrick Stewart. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think part of that may be because uh, Bill knows Patrick much mm -hmm. more than he knows the others. I think it was probably one of his first times meeting Kate Mulgrew, although I know they've met at cons, but to really chat. 
but um, we had talked about this even before I saw it because I had read something about it, how through talking to Patrick, Bill came to the realization and, and that being the captain of the Enterprise was something to be proud of. And I loved, you know, Patrick's um, comment about how when he was first doing it, there were so many questions that were thinly veiled things of, well, you've done, you know, Shakespeare and all these great roles and everything, and aren't you sort of slumming? <laughs> and that, it, it, that infuriated him. And you could tell by the way he said it that he was still just contemptuous of that thought. Mm -hmm. And that is not the way he approached that role, or I'm sure any role. And it was a very touching scene between the two of them. But um, one of the most interesting things to me was, you know, Bill's always saying he's never watched Star Trek, but he's seen enough of it. He's seen some things. Because he was saying, you know, I look at it now and I go, oh, you know, I could have done that better. I, why didn't I pull back on that? And Patrick pointed out, and I just love this, and he goes, but you set the tone you were the first and I know you know we've talked about and all of the TNG cast at one point or another has talked about how the the, the TOS was sort of hanging over them like a, a cloud mm -hmm. the first few years and certainly the performance of William Shatner I'm sure anybody who's offered the role of captain of the Enterprise has to think two three times pretty hard before they agree to do that but I was so glad to see Patrick acknowledge that that this phenomenon of Trekkies and the whole Star Trek culture being such a big part of our general pop culture that Bill was part of that and Bill was the first mm -hmm. I think with most people if you say Captain the Enterprise they still think of William Shatner Captain Kirk Absolutely, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to, to say about it, and I may have said this before, but if I did, it was years ago, so why not say it again? I worked with a woman once who, when she assigned you something like, you're going to investigate and learn this new software and figure it all out and tell the rest of us how it works. Her expression for that was, you're the Captain Kirk on this. rest of us, <laughs> we're just Picards. <laughs> And this was in the, the TNG days when that was on TV. So I thought oh, that was great. Um, I noticed that there was very, very little of Chris Pine. <laughs> Gee, what do you think that is? Because he had nothing interesting to say. And certainly, you know, with Patrick, again, he's had, um, he had a, a very successful acting career before TNG. And so they could talk about things that were common to their history and even though he was never a captain I love you know the little bit where he sat down with Christopher Plummer mm -hmm. and um you know these other people that he talked to Kate Mulgrew you know talking about raising her children during mm -hmm. throughout this and then Avery Brooks just being so bizarre um <laughs> very weird Chris Pine doesn't have that much of a life <laughs> <laughs> it's the nicest way I can put it. I, I'm not going to say he's a vacant, vapid, pretty face, but... You, you could, I suppose. You could draw that conclusion. But anyway, I really enjoyed it. And you know I'm a sucker when actors I admire talk about acting anyway. Yeah. 
there was a lot of acting talk in that, which I thought was good because yeah. I love it when Bill talks about it because he, he knows what he's talking about. Right, and it was so great that um, he was talking with Patrick and, and he obviously respects Patrick. Mm-hmm. And it was like in um, Mind Meld when he and Leonard talked about acting. Mm-hmm. To me, that's where it became a very intimate conversation, not mm-hmm. a, you know, interview for the camera sort of thing. And I, I just really like that. And the other thing is, I want to find this. Can you just blather for a minute while I look for the thing I wanted to talk to you about? Okay. That sounds fine. Um, I, I think my reaction to some of the fluffy stuff was just, some of it was just clearly a setup to get to the interviews and I could have done without that. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, they don't have to show Bill walking through some English garden to get to Patrick's house or wherever they were being interviewed. I I just wish that they had spent more time showing the really interesting parts of the interviews than, you know, well, here's Bill getting off a plane and here's Bill arm wrestling with Chris Pine. It's like, oh, come on, get get on with it. Um, Right after I watched it, you know, I went searching online and I found this wonderful article because this person, although not a Shatner fan like me, reacted in much the same way. And this is a blog called Geek Mom. <laughs> and um, here's her first paragraph of her review. How do you review something that touched you in such a way it left you speechless? That is a question I've been asking myself ever since I watched William Shatner's documentary, The Captains. And she is a big fan of the series. And, you know, she, but she says, I'm not a fan of the people. She says, I don't go out of my way to watch interviews. I have both huge respect for both William Shatner and Sir Patrick Stewart. But aside from a couple of small details, I am not able to give you an accounting of their lives. They are just people who happen to have extraordinary careers. And, you know, so she goes on. Um, But let me see. She says, I learned many things by watching this documentary. I learned how difficult it was to be a woman cast in such a role. I learned just how kooky and eccentric Avery Brooks is. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. I gained an overall greater respect and appreciation for those individuals who take on such a daunting career and the sacrifices it involves. Tears came to my eyes as I watched two distinguished gentlemen, William Shatner and Sir Patrick Stewart, discuss their regrets about lost family time and Bill finally coming to terms with his role as James T. Kirk at the tender age of 80. <laughs> um, it's, I, I think I sent you the link, but if I didn't, I will, because I really would love us to post a link to this on the blog and uh, see if other people have... Uh, you know, a similar reaction because um, here, in the very end, uh, it is because I sympathize with Bill. It is because I can see how extremely difficult it would be to be seen for one thing that I was so extremely happy to see Bill finally make peace with the legacy of Star Trek and playing the iconic role of Captain Kirk. I knew that the documentary would have a certain candid aspect to it, but I was thrown off and surprised by just how touching I found it. And it also made me happy that the pro- that in the process of wanting to discover more about the other people who'd go on to play the role of Captain after Bill, Bill would discover more about himself. Mm-hmm. And that you know, is I... a wonderful moment where you see him realize 
that, okay, yeah, to many people he is Captain Kirk, but that will live on long after he's dead. I think the thing that I really enjoyed, and I, I think I said this when we talked about it originally, was how interesting it was for Bill to, in a way, finally, at the age of 80, realize how much he had in common with all the other people who played the captains. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's an experience you can only have in that role, right? That yes, the, the only people who under it's like being in the Beatles, right? The only people who can understand what it's like to play the captain of the Enterprise are people who have played the captain of the Enterprise. Right. So it's a very, very small club that you're part of. And, um, you know, thinking about it, it's such a great idea to do this documentary and have it done by an insider so that it wasn't like revealing secrets to... Barbara Walters or whatever. Yeah. This, I think the fact that it was Bill interviewing them, who's a very good interviewer, but who is also, first of all, the first captain, but was a captain, but he was the first. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, it's almost confessional. And it totally is. Yeah. It, and in some ways, it's sitting down and just having a, a good chat with somebody who's in the same field as you, in at the same level with whom you have this amazing professional connection Mm -hmm. and i think all of them were a little surprised to find those shared experiences i think so too that was the best part about it and Mm -hmm. and to see bill have that experience too was really good yes with every conversation it was oh my god that happened to you too that's exactly what happened to me (laughs) yeah yeah so that, w- that was great. Uh, I think that was absolutely the best part. And I wish that there had been, again, a little more of that and a mm-hmm. little less of the, the setup stuff. Yeah, yeah. But still, I think it's really good. And I, I do recommend that people see it. And we will put up a link to this, uh, this review because her reaction was, was so very similar to my own mm-hmm. that uh, I want to give her a plug for that. Well, I'm glad you finally got to see it. That's awesome. Yes. And listeners, you should all go watch it, stream it on Netflix, or get it some other way. You should do it. It's Mm -hmm. out there. Yes, it's It's out there now. Yep. Easy to get now. Um, Speaking of viewing things, right before we sat down, set up our computers to do this, I watched the uh, music video of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, so I was going to say, that's kind of the last thing we're going to talk about here. Okay. So... Now, I will say that I haven't listened to the whole album yet. I have it. I downloaded it, and I'm just a little too scared to listen to the well, whole Well, if you want to wait and hold off until I am there, mm-hmm. then we can sort of prop each other up. <laughs> <laughs> could do. Could do that. We yeah. could do that. That's fine with me. Uh, so so uh, as I posted when I put that video on the blog, I was kind of speechless and going, I don't even know what to say about this. No. (laughs) I mean, first of all, just from the performance standpoint, I'm not talking about the video at all. I'm talking about Bill's verbal spoken word (laughs) interpretation of this. This is the type of thing that gets him mocked. It does. Because you can hear the acting. Yeah. And he, you never felt that with has been. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, Ben Folds is very savvy in the way Nick Meyer was very savvy about um, 
you know, make him do take after take until he got tired and worn down and pulled it back enough or whatever. Or if it was because the material was so specific to Bill. But, yeah, this, this is cringeworthy. It's weird. It's just, I mean, I wasn't even cringing just as sitting there with my mouth open like, what the hell is this? Yeah, why? Yeah, why? 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 And the, the video then is, is so bizarre. Yeah. And um and that is not even a queen song that I like. So, you know, it's it's got that going against it as far as I'm concerned right off. But then okay, we all know what music videos are. They initially and they continue to be commercials for a song. Mm-hmm. But at the end that it blatantly shills the album <laughs> by the the bill in the sky giving this yes. to these two people who had been s- supposedly listening to him it was like okay <laughs> bill shills very openly even, bill shills even when it's not bill actually doing the shilling mm-hmm. because clearly this video was not made with his cooperation in any way shape <laughs> or form well we yeah. don't know that do we well i mean he's not in it though they just took a a, a you know, a cardboard cutout of his face, essentially, and mm-hmm. animated it. it. He's not in it. His voice is in it, but he's not in it. Well, I don't know. I don't know that it would be out there in the way it's out there. It would have a, you would say, okay, here's the bootleg. Shatner didn't want us to do this or something. I think it's part oh, of the marketing campaign. Oh, oh I, I, I agree. I mean, it is part of the marketing campaign, but I don't think they sat down and said, Bill, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a cardboard cutout of your face in the clouds, <laughs> and you're going to be mouthing this thing, and you don't have to do anything. And you know, I, I think they just said, we're going to make a, a music video for Bohemian Rhapsody. And he said, do I have to show up? And they said no, and he was like, great, do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Well, his version of Bohemian Rhapsody, again, just from the audio recording standpoint, is is so that um, I don't think you could do a good video of it. But I'm thinking, you know, if you really want to show Bill as a spoken word artist who is entertaining, show the O Canada thing. (laughs) Totally, because that is the funniest thing ever. That's great. (sighs) So... They posted the Bohemian Rhapsody thing now. It was two or three weeks ago, and I haven't seen anything new since then. No. So I don't know if they're going to do something new. And I have to say, um, you know, Bill, of course, did a flurry of stuff when the record came out, but I haven't seen him doing anything for it recently. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, he's busy up in Canada. Yeah. I guess it's it's done now, right? Like yeah. He did the record. It's done. It's out there. He's mm-hmm. got other stuff to focus on and show for. Yeah. I just wish he would make me his recording career advisor because I've had such a successful recording career. <laughs> but because my ideas for him are good. <laughs> they are good. I think you would, yes, you would definitely get him to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You would. And it would be great. Well, maybe he will. You know, maybe this is something that he did, and he got it out of his system, and he made a bunch of people happy, and it's done. And now the next thing that he's going to do will be back to more of a has-been kind of thing, and maybe it will be an well, album of love yeah. songs because that would be so awesome. Now, I don't, I don't know when any of these shows are that he's supposed to be guesting on, like Psycho and one other. 
but hopefully that'll show up in the the Shatner alert when it's on and we can you know stream it or watch it or something but what is coming up next for him we haven't heard anything we had heard uh, about the the book and we knew the uh, record was coming up in his Canadian tour I don't know what's after the Canadian tour yeah well you know he'll do you know Christmas with his family and everything but um what is he going to spring on us next he's probably got big plans oh yeah and maybe he just hasn't been talking about them well, because it's too big and too secret and too important. Well, you know, you have to stay tuned into his Twitter feed. He hasn't been saying anything on his Twitter feed. All he's been tweeting about lately is the, the Canadian thing. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And he hasn't said anything else. Yeah. So I don't know. So I'd like to announce something uh, publicly on the blog because if I do, it'll force us to do it. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. This is pretty easy, and we could even do some of this when you're here. Um, I think that <clears throat> sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we are going to have William Shatner Video Week on our blog. And every day, we're going to post uh, clips from YouTube and from other places if we can that people may not be familiar with or might not have seen them before. Um, there's been some really good stuff posted to uh the more Shatner group and you know there are just billions of clips and I think it would be really fun to have our own week of, of video Shatner on the blog so every day we'll just have a bunch of stuff posted and ready to go and people can watch all these great clips oh okay are we going to put up any comments from us oh we could or not I mean we can say whether we think it's funny or good or bad and of course we'll reblog all of the stuff that we've posted on YouTube as well yeah Okay. Do you know, I, I got a note from YouTube saying that um, the video that we did of Bill, Bill's chest in that um, <laughs> yeah. in episode or whatever, that we might be in violation because I had used the music from the stripper. <laughs> 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 they weren't telling me that we had pulled it. They were just warning me that we may be in violation. Well, okay, if they're going to be like that, fine. If we are in violation, we don't want to be in violation. If we are... Just, you know, take the music out and put in the um, anonymous porn music that you can find anywhere on the web. That's true. Actually, what I was thinking about doing was I could pull the stripper music and then I could perform the stripper on a kazoo. And that would be just as good. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. And, and get a drum and cymbals and I'll do the, the rim shots and everything. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. That we'll would be totally version. great. That would be great. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we, sometime, guys, there's going to be a, a video Shatner week on our blog, and there'll be lots and lots of clips every day. And then it'll all be kind of in one place. So if you're searching for some Shatner clips, you know where to go. It'll be that week of our blog, and you can find all kinds of stuff there. Very cool. Are we wrapping now? We are. Okay, because there's one more thing. If I don't tell oh. you now, I'm going to forget it. It has nothing oh. to do with Bill. Tell me, please. It's a big surprise for you because it, <gasps> it totally made my mouth fall open when I read this. Just the other day. Tell me. In Manchester, England. Uh-huh. With the hopes of this moving on to the West End and eventually Broadway, they are doing a musical. Yeah. About the monkeys. <laughs> uh-huh. That's really weird. Yeah, and none of the monkeys are going to be in it. Well, I wouldn't think so. They're all really old now. Oh, well, wouldn't you think? I'm sure Davy Jones would want to horn in on it and play like a record producer. Or oh, that's true. That is true. If anybody was going to be in it, it would be the littlest monkey. <laughs> <laughs> a musical about, well, you know, I have to say, given all the other musicals about 
singing groups, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, the jukebox musicals are very big right now. Very, very big. Oh, that's funny. You know, they made a, maybe we should watch this while you're here. There was a TV movie about the monkeys. Did you know that? Um, I think I did. I never saw it. Hey, I maybe we it should either. send these people in Manchester um, the two monkey lover stories <laughs> as script suggestions. <laughs> The porn ones or the not the porn ones? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should watch that made-for-TV movie about the monkeys. It might be really really funny because I'm sure it's terrible. So. Well, you know, they did a pop-up video of uh, the the actual movie that had the monkeys in it that I forget the name of. It's called Head. Yeah. Head. Yes, they did a pop-up video of that. And I saw a good chunk of that, and it was hilarious. Okay. But it would have well, been unwatchable without the pop-up video. It's a very, very weird movie. Yeah. Um, it has some really good things in it and has some really bad things in it. Uh, it was very experimental, and everybody was on drugs when they were making it. So that explains <laughs> a lot about yeah. the movie, I think. Wow, a monkey's musical. I hope it never comes to the United States. Why? Because you would have to go? Uh... Because I'd want to go, and then I maybe would go, and then I'd have to hate myself forever for actually going. <laughs> I refuse to let you hate yourself forever over <laughs> monkeyness. Oh, the monkeys. I am amazed at how the monkeys just keep popping up in different places. I'm still kind of reeling over that headline that called him the littlest monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's so strange when things when we see things like that or things having to do with Bill that we've done on the show that makes me think we have got this very secret, very widespread and powerful audience. Like shafting. Well, it was that and then that, the beginning of that IO9 article where they were listing all the things about James yes. Kirk, you know? It was yes. like they took that right from our story. Yeah. Well, we probably do, because it's the power of Bill. Bill is everywhere. That's true, and, and we're just sort of um, channeling it through the, right. the uh, metal devices on our stomachs. That's right. We are part of Bill. We are along for the ride, and therefore we are everywhere. Yep. You know what we should talk about? Not now, because we're, we're running way over time, but viewers you sh or listeners, you should send us your ideas. If they had gone ahead with that thing of Spock not eating or drinking and having this metal energy plate at where his stomach is, as a belly button, apparently. Um, what would fanfic have done with that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It would be like Transformers fanfic. It would be horrible. <laughs> Helmboy, Helmboy, send out an alert. <laughs> so, listeners, if you know what that fanfic might look like, um, I'm going to actually say don't tell us because I really don't want to know. <laughs> Darn. Well, send your ideas to look at his butt at gmail.com because that's right. the one I monitor. That's true. So and um, and I you. do want to know about that. Oh, God, that's so weird. Oh, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for, for letting me in on the monkeys thing. And now I'm going to have to go do research about it. I know you will. <laughs> so anyway, listeners, we will be back pretty soon. And the next show might be um, actually the two of us in the same place, which is going to be extremely exciting. That would be pretty cool. So do your homework, send us ideas, keep us up, and if you know what Bill's next big thing is, let us know, because we want to know. That's right. Okay, so till next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>